Welcome to The District, a podcast about politics and culture from the spectator world. I'm your host, Teresa Moll, and I'm joined today by Rob Chevelle. He is the CEO of the data privacy firm Delete Me. We're talking today about safeguarding children online from strangers and inappropriate content. And Rob has alerted me to a new bill out of California that is aimed at protecting kids. It's an online safety bill. But according to you, Rob, this is not such a great bill. You say there's a lot of hidden costs and red flags about this legislation. So uh, why don't we start off there and tell us what this bill is doing, what it's not doing, why it might be doing actually more harm than good. Yeah, I mean, I think every bill by its very nature, is going to have pros and cons. And in general, I think big tech, but the the theory behind the bill that big tech, in particular social media, needs to do more to protect children is a, is a good one and a solid one. The problem is when you get very prescriptive about what that protection means, there can be a lot of hidden costs. And costs that are not just cost to industry, which I'm less concerned about, actually, because I run a privacy company. I think industry should be paying for some of the hidden costs that all of the data extraction and tracking of kids and adults, for that matter, there are real costs to that. And I think industry, in particular, big tech, is not paying them. That said, what we really don't want is to have government give industry a reason to be able to track everyone better in the name of enforcing child better uh, protection for children. And what I mean by that is industry can use laws, legislation such as this, to argue that they need to identify continuously every user that accesses their systems in a way that they're not doing that right now. So you can take some of the freedom and anonymity, which really guarantees everyone, children and adults, a reasonable amount of privacy today, and you can eradicate it through well intent, through good intentions written into these pieces of legislation. So basically, they're saying, oh, we want to protect kids. Therefore, we're going to have to track everyone a lot more to make sure that we're catching those kids and they're not getting through the through the system. And by so doing, they're also tracking you and me and people who are more aware and less vulnerable and more responsible on the internet and using that info for goodness knows what. Well, you know what. <laughs> so what is your solution to try to to try to try make a bill like this better and effective at protecting children, but also not trampling on the rights of, of people who don't need to be tracked and and protected from the, from the internet? Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a it's a fair question. When you when you're a critic of something, you should you should also be able to advocate what what you think should be done. I'm gonna be a little bit slippery with the answer, but I actually believe that the first it, I believe it's hard to write legislation that effectively protects children and guarantees everybody some amount of privacy that they might have today and freedom they might have today. I I would start with transparency. So every parent and ev- on every account should be able to get a full and transparent view of the data and the tracking and the use of the data that happens in their account from the social media platform. Every advertiser that is part of this, every data broker and data collector that that information is shared with over the year, a clear timeline of those activities. And that should actually be pushed to parents so that they have a clear understanding, almost like your credit report 
of how their data, because last time I checked, it is our data that we're talking about here, each and every one of us and our children, how that data, what data is out there and how it's being used. And let me tell you, we are a very, very long way from that happening today. You make a a living on protecting people and in the online data world. What are some, we were talking about this before we started recording the podcast, but about how parents just aren't aware of how much data is being collected on their children, how the algorithms are so powerful to work and identifying who's using these platforms and how and what they might be interested in and pushing out all sorts of stuff onto these kids. And it's hard, as we said, for parents to be everywhere all the time. And the goal would be for parents to know, like you just said, everything that their kid is seeing. That's obviously very difficult right now. But for parents who might be listening to this, what what is some of the stuff that these companies are collecting on their children and what could they be seeing? What are they collecting on all of us that, you know, we're just browsing the internet, shopping, doing our regular thing, and we have no idea <laughs> that these companies are really being super invasive. Do you have any kind of shocking info that you want listeners to be aware of? Well, I think, the, you know, the problem is in terms of the shock and fear factor of what they're doing. It starts out sounding pretty innocent. Hey, my child is going to get some ads that have been already vetted for children, and that's okay. So I'll just hand them the iPad and let them, you know, go crazy. Problem is that over time, the amount of data collected is becoming, you know, more enormous and far-reaching than anyone, particularly any busy parent that doesn't have the time, uh, can imagine. And it's happening earlier and earlier. We're talking about protecting children here. What is happening for this generation of children is they're growing up with the internet, which has only happened for the last you know, decade or so. And that means that companies, especially the social media companies, have a data set over time that is incredible. So they can actually use AI algorithms to analyze how your particular child is developing potentially better than you can as a parent. And that, to me, is scary because they run predictive behavior across many, many, many millions of individual profiles. A parent could never do that. And they can predict effectively things that you might, A, be uncomfortable with, and B, never be able to predict yourself. What might your child's behavior look like over the next five years? Not just what will they be buying, how successful will they be, Where what things will they take up, what kind of friends will they have, and how will those events, as they move through time, then predict their outcomes as a young adult, and on and on and on. And I think the ability for big tech to know more than a parent knows about their own child leads to all kinds of uncomfortable and bad scenarios. That is super creepy. Um, I think the obvious answer would be to try to shelter your child from technology, online media as much as possible for as long as possible. But obviously, we know that in this modern world, you can't do that forever. And maybe, you know, it's not it's not practical, especially if you want your child to grow up and be able to you know, have a job where they use the internet, they work online, they they have to be current in order to live in this modern world. So what do you suggest to parents are some steps they can take right now to help their child to limit the exposure and the data collected on their child? Yeah. So 
there's, I think the good news is, you know, most, most people approaching this problem, I think, don't know how to solve it. And it seems very complex and it seems almost unsolvable. So they give up before they even start. And I think, you know, what I try to do, and I do this personally as well as a parent, is try to keep it simple. And there are, I think the good news is there are some simple things uh, to do that actually can reduce the data footprint, the digital data footprint that your child has out there and make a difference. Now, one of them you already mentioned, which is, you know, sort of limit screen time. Don't let, you know, don't let your children, uh, you know, binge, binge watch, you know, shows and videos and, 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 and be on social media platforms, chatting away all, uh, all day, every day. And I think, but I think you're, you're also right that it's, it's, it's not fair in modern society to completely, uh, you know, stick your head in the sand and, and, and not participate. And, you know, so the, the other thing that I like to do, and I do this with my own child, is educate the children on what these platforms are actually doing with their data. So when my daughter sees a YouTube, an ad on YouTube, I explain to her that that ad is selling using what she's just seen to sell her a product. And I think educating children on what's behind the curtain of what they're doing and what people and what these companies are really, really exist for is, is another thing that's that's helpful because kids pick up more than we parents think they do. And, and if they understand from the beginning that this is a business and that they're an audience member that is participating in a business that's not always in their best interest, that can be helpful. A third thing. A third thing to do is make sure that your children are using different profiles when they sign up for social media services with different email addresses that are identifiers to protect their privacy and compartmentalize their activity between, say, YouTube with one account and their uh, Snapchat profile or Instagram profile in another account. Don't always be the same person on the same platform. Again, relatively simple thing, create a new email address in five minutes, and that helps break the tracking that happens across these networks that allow these algorithms and data collection to correlate everything that's happening across a child's activities. And then lastly, I would say parents, one of the insidious things, and this is a little bit biased because it's what we at Delete Me uh, do as a company, but try to remove your, you can do this for free. You don't have to you know, sign up for our services. You can remove your information and your family's information from these data brokers. And what that does is it helps to break this ability to take data and correlate it to individuals where they live, the family members in the household, the parents, the children, and, and so on and so forth. So the data brokers have a have a treasure trove of identity information on every American and every family and, and, and every child. And what we don't want is that data to be correlated to all these accounts that kids are creating. What are some of the consequences, both for children and adults, if we don't take any of these steps, if we just continue to let big tech collect all of this data on us? And let's say we don't take any of your advice and we build up one email that just knows every single thing about about me personally or my family. What if we do nothing? What are some of the consequences that could happen? Well, we're, we're already finding out what those are. 
<laughs> you know, we, we've seen the ability for, you know, other countries to interfere with our elections, to influence our entire population when they vote. Uh, we've seen, you know, terrible things that, you know, we, we, we might posit, although it's hard to prove, are connected to, you know, the use of data and social media in, in children, they, such as, you know, increased usage of prescription drugs for depression, increased suicide rates in, in different areas, you know, that, that, those kinds of things. I think it's, I think what, what the world we're living in today is a world where we've let our data go and big tech do anything they want. And I think we were talking uh, before before the show briefly about, you know, lessons from history and what we learned from, you know, pollution in the Industrial Revolution, what we learned from suing the hell out of big tobacco, you know, 20 years ago. And I think those lessons will apply to the way big tech is using our data today in the sense that over the next decade or two, we will learn more and more about the hidden causes of problems that have their societal problems that are very costly, enormously costly to government and to families that have at their root cause some of the use of our data without any regulation. Well, in the meantime, as we wait for state and federal legislatures to clamp down on these big tech companies. We have companies like yours that are doing something about big tech and the damage that it's doing to our children and our families and to our nation. So how can uh, listeners learn more about what your company does and and maybe sign up for some of your services to protect themselves and their kids? Sure. I mean, look, I'm an entrepreneur and I think the the solution to this is going to be a conversation and evolution of the laws that need to be put in place actions that we all need to take as individuals, as, particularly as parents, but also as also our children need to be responsible as well, as well as, you know, a marketplace for profit companies with entrepreneurs like myself and others trying to fix these problems that effectively we created. So I think it, it, there is no single solution that just gets you back a reasonable degree of privacy in uh, today's digital world. But I think together, those those things will will over the next several years help people that want to get a little ahead of these problems to do so without without a whole lot of headaches and i think that's critical because unless you make it easy for people to take action they will not we're too busy we've got too many other things to worry about and so privacy gets pushed to the back burner of, of, of what, we, uh, what we care about and what we're taking action on today. And, and frankly, that's what big tech is betting on. They're betting on us continuing to be busy and overlooking the long-term effects of this data. So anyway, what, what we can do and how we can help, and if you, you know, there's really two ways. One is, you know, for free, we offer a very com- comprehensive and simple, back to that uh, principle, guides to remove yourself from all these data brokers that are collecting information about you, family, your children. And you, if you go to our website, which is at joindeleteme.com, right on the top menu, there's a free DIY guide and you can go in and, you know, take three or four steps and, you know, remove your information from these data brokers because 
they, at least the U.S. ones, are forced to comply with some of this uh, legislation that we started out talking about. Uh, so that's a good thing. And it's something that everybody can do. And it's relatively pain free. Problem is, and the reason why we exist at Delete Me is there's a lot of data brokers out there. And so you have to do this across, you know, over a hundred different companies right now. And so Delete Me is a service that just you sign up for it and all year we do that work for you. The same work that you can do for free on our website. And we have expert privacy advisors and obviously automated technologies that combine to to make that a you know a a, a process that, that you don't have to worry about and then you get a report showing you everywhere that we removed uh, your personal information from. So that's what we do. And there's others, you know, it's not just our company. There's others out there that are offering um, similar services. So that's also, you know, a good action that people can take that, again, is simple. Thank you for listening to this episode of The District. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Spectator World is the U.S. edition of the world's oldest magazine. To read more content on similar topics, visit spectatorworld.com. 